everybody. It's time <laughs> for uh, Make Us a Mixtape. My name is Paul Farvar. I am music insider Marty DeRosa, as I'm seen just... on my Zoom call uh, <laughs> header. Well done. Well done. I'm just a stand-up comedian. Uh, That's right. We are here again. We're doing this podcast via Zoom because we're not in the same uh, area code right now. Uh, so if you're listening, go and check it out on my YouTube page. Uh, and you can watch us and see what we look like during the quarantine. You can watch me get higher and higher throughout the podcast. Uh, I as I just cracked open a new a new cartridge for my pen. So <laughs> I'll get, I'm going to get pretty zipped for this. Well, it's legal where he is. So just for those of you that are going to try to get us banned, you can't do that. It's legal. So um, we're going to do this episode. It's going to be uh, the book report episode. That's right. Our book club, our Make Us a Mixtape book club. We've talked about a lot of our favorite books. And one of the one that I finally got to read that Marty recommended to me was uh, I Want My MTV by Rob Tenenbaum and Craig Marks. We love this book. I, yes. I finished it and I was, like you said, Marty, I was like sad when it was done. I was like, oh. It's, this book takes me back to pre-pandemic where I would read it at Intelligentsia after uh, taking an edible and having uh, White Claw in my, in my Yeti. And I would just get trashed in the afternoon, early afternoons reading this book. Uh, and then I would listen to the songs they would talk about. I would watch the videos when I got home. It was such a, it's an oral history. And if anybody hates reading and I, I, I'm like, if I, if it's a good book, I'm in, but it needs to like really grab me. I'm a little bit of a baby when it comes to reading, but these oral history books, like they're just so easy to read. And when you kind of like, I, I cause I've read uh, oral history books on wrestling as well and, and TV shows and this and that. And it's just like, once you're in, you're in. A lot of these books um, that kind of go, like, like uh, the Seattle uh, the Seattle book, that's an oral history, Everybody Loves Our Town. Right. I felt like that one, it was like, it, it's the same thing like Breath the Hitman Heart. The pro wrestler Breath Hitman Heart wrote this really great book. <laughs> but the, the intro, there was so much time spent on the intro, on, on getting from point A to point B. Yeah, Brett, Brett getting out of Calgary to, to like starting to wrestle even was like, oh my God, this guy's going on and on. But I felt like in the Seattle book, there was, and they, they laid the foundation of the, of, the, yeah. of the city's music scene, which I get and everything like that. But I think for that book, especially, it was like, we want the like, the juicy, like the, the like, this town is on fire, it's exploding with talent and then the scouts are coming and here's the music rivalries and stuff. And I felt like the MTV book was really quick on like, let's go, let's go. You know, you know what it is. Uh, and, and they got into it. And it was like, you know, when I got to the end of this book, like any good book, you're just like, oh no, there's only yeah. like five more pages. Like, yeah. fuck, it's over. It's over. I carried this book around with me. Uh, I read it pretty quick, but it just was like appointment reading. Like I woke up and I was like, oh cool. I'm going to read more. And, and, you know, then you get to like everybody with MTV, I'm sure everybody has their like their sweet spot of MTV. Well, people that are younger d didn't even remember what an MTV. Had. Yeah, I don't know if anybody. I don't know if like if there's like a 20 year old music insider. It's like I think it about be. history. You can't, you, you, can't. you you can't read this book and be like, I got it. Like right. you just it's just one of those things where it's like you had to be there, man. But like for this book, it really like if you're 
anywhere from like i don't know like like mid 30s up this book is gonna yeah. like hit you like so perfect it just it reminds you how important this channel was this channel I, was like it was the shit i mean it was so like, powerful yeah well here let me you let me you unraveled a lot of stuff first of all yes for a guy well, Go ahead. Before we get started, Paul has made a, a top five list of sort of uh, points of of the books. I haven't read the book in a while, so right. as we do this, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sort of remembering things from the book or whatever that we'll get into. Right. Um, but basically, um, it this this starts at the before there was MTV when it was just an idea. Oh, it started, yeah. And one of the one of the things one of the quotes that I read in this book that is like now everywhere and I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, and it's such a perfect saying, especially, you know, in comedy and things like that and, and in the entertainment business is that success has many fathers. So when something's a giant success- Everyone's taking credit for it. Everybody right. is right. is like um, in, in pro wrestling, like, and I, I keep sending you these interviews of these old musicians, like Fender, was it Gibson? Gibson has that list of like, these great interviews with people like like Bob Rock and and uh, uh, Kurt from Metallica just did one. There are these in yeah. wrestling they call them shoot interviews, and basically a shoot interview is just like a it's just a, a one shot on a guy. Someone off camera is like, "Hey Paul, when did you start wrestling?" And he, oh, I right. started, and and um, I feel like there's I could like if I if I had the ability to go in and, and cut everything right now, I'd be like, "You're gonna just watch this." whether it's like the the inception of monday nitro or like whose idea was it to sign hulk hogan i can name you like five people who were like i'm the guy who thought of that and so yeah. and so asked me and i said you gotta hire hulk hogan like right. and that this book too is like there are so many people so many who people like, that got credit that some people yes. like didn't get credit but yeah but let me let me say this uh from speaking from the opposite of marty uh as a guy who reads a ton of books uh, and I like will not books. will not let anyone borrow his books. My let it, because Paul has so many cool, fun books, and I want oh, to Paul. read so many of them. And Paul's just like, nah, man. I think, and tapeheads, you should agree. Since we're doing this podcast together, I should be the only person who gets to borrow your books. And I went, I gave my book away. I don't even know who's got my book now. Well, I, think that's I gave it to my buddy now Jimmy Lee. I'm like, Here's you got a good. You got to read this. Example. Here's an example of why you don't lend out your books. You needed your book to go back to prepare for this because your memory, no, your memory's- I got it all in my brain, baby. That I, I have a law degree as a music I, expert. Yeah. You are stoned <laughs> and on drugs 40 hours a <laughs> day. I'm the no. one. I, I mean, and here, we come from totally different uh, in book, as far as books are concerned. I just want to yeah. say that the people who are book fans, um, what Marty said is exactly true. All these music books that we read, compared to other books, they get yeah. right into it. Like you read Keith Richards' book, there's so much backstory. All those autobiographies, yeah. they're like, when I was 12, we're like, we don't give a fuck. We want to get into the shit. And this yeah. gets into it right away. Yeah. As does, and I mean, the Nirvana, or I'm sorry, the Seattle book, Everyone Loves Our Town, they do a little background story. But these like oral stories, the one thing I hate about them usually are, like you go, oh wait, who's that person? And you have to go to the front and be like, oh, that's and this especially this and the Seattle book too, both like you. I mean, some books like the the Saturday Night Live book. It's like you know all these famous people in it. You know you all know, the names, right? You know all the names. 
Uh, but what's really cool about a lot of the oral history books, and it was the same thing. If you love pro wrestling, the Nitro book is like no so more good. Dirty allotted your pro wrestling. I'm done. I'm done wrestling. Done wrestling. But you do see a lot. You 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 have this is a book where you are going to whip your phone out and you're going to Google who this person yeah. is or who this band was or what was this song right. they're all talking about. Or you want to go back and watch the video too, which is problematic yeah. for me because when I work out, I'm, I'm at the gym 90% of the time. I'm on the, I'm on a treadmill or whatever. And they're yeah. like, now I have to like dog mark this book to go back so I can go watch the video to remember what they're talking about, which is for someone like you, you is probably fun. You you read on the treadmill at the yeah, gym? Yeah, I read, I read it on the elliptical. I read on the oh, treadmill. so weird. Oh, that's and it pisses so people off. Pre-COVID time, you'd be at the gym, and I'm I'm like doing weights that I read yeah. like page between, and people are like, "Are you done with that?" I'm like, "Oh yeah." I oh, feel like hated weird. I'm a villain. I Lifting on the weights. I see you reading on an exercise bike or or like a treadmill. Maybe it feels like. I feel like I would get my ADD. I'd be like, I can't do this. But no, you're uh, you're lifting weights and then stopping like a bench press and then stopping yes. and reading. So oh if anyone God. knows when you work out, you do one minute intervals, you'll do, you'll do 12 sets, you take a one minute break. During that one minute break, I like to read. I'll, I'll read a page. And then- I can't then, believe, I can't yeah, believe oh, you. It's the most hated <laughs> thing. I know. I would imagine so. Especially That's at a crazy. crowded gym back in like the you know early 2000s, feel like, uh, are you almost done? I'm like, uh, I'm getting to a really good part. And you you're know- such just, a, You're a little instigator. I think you want them to <laughs> complain to you. No, but yeah, this is. I like reading this. This book was there was a lot of behind the scenes people and a lot of like what I love is like oh this person was like the king of New York music like everyone knew this guy or everyone knew Hearst. You're like who is this person? You know, right? And uh, yeah, like you said, we're we're off to the races. There's just there's a, a you know a, a brief time of like people being like hey man maybe we should do this. Um, one of the things that I love, and I just told this story, I was telling uh, my girlfriend Sarah the story the other day, because we were listening to um, some really old, like 80s music. And I was like, do you realize that like, when MTV was starting, they went to the record labels and they were like, yo, you should make music videos and play them on our channel and it'll be great ads for your musicians. And the music labels were like, cool like what's our budget like and they were mtv was like no no no. you're gonna make them you're gonna pay for them and then we're gonna pay them play them and they go oh okay how much are you gonna pay us to play them and they're like no no it doesn't work that way like it ain't about that we're just gonna play these and it's gonna be great advertisement for your bands so some record labels were like fuck you man we're not gonna spend our own money to make these mini movies for you to play for free so you get rich and then other people like a lot of UK bands who had had these videos made for like Top yeah. of the Pops, yeah. songs like that. Or older yeah. artists too, like had, yeah. had this stuff. <laughs> and they were like, uh, yeah, dude, here. And then all of a sudden, uh, imagine imagine like comics, like stand-up comedians. And imagine like, uh, you know, before uh, like comedy specials or posting anything, somebody was like, you know, like, hey, uh, um, Hey Jerry Seinfeld, do you want us to play any of your your specials or anything? Absolutely not. And then they're like Paul and Marty, and we're like, yeah, dude, here's a bunch of videos we took. And then all of a sudden, next time we're in town, we're we're selling out the Seinfeld venues, and he's yeah. like, who are these fucking guys? And that's right. what happened. Bands became gigantic overnight who were like not big at all in the UK, and now they could come here and sell out 
everywhere. And it wasn't, and it wasn't because they were like ahead of the curve. They weren't like, uh, oh, this is going to be big. They just happened to have content that yeah, was culturally in their scene. You just made these videos because they would play it on important music video right. top channels, of the pops or whatever. If you couldn't, if you couldn't make it live to record, even though when you recorded it, it was dubbed anyway. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. In the video, and then what? Some bands happen to have this video of, of a fake performance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or a real performance, and then yeah. you just play it. And, you'd and go, I think, you'd, like, you'd go from Duran, like, Duran, Duran, and like, um, that's late. Uh, they figured it out, right? They, but they had them, yeah. And it was just like, yeah, there was because, like, I keep, I keep thinking of like those early years of MTV where people were like, oh, they played like the same 20 videos over and over again. And I'm sure kids like me who didn't have MTV at first, and we were at a neighbor's house, we were just like, you'd watch so long. And then all of a sudden you're just like, I remember this video. I remember this video. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And and uh, it was just a crazy thing that once people started to realize how good it was, they quickly yeah. abandoned all the shitty bands they had, yeah. didn't want anything to do with because yeah. they're like, well, we don't need you anymore. Uh, you know, yeah. thirty eight special or whatever. But yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, they were they were able to finally sort of uh, you know get rid of and i feel bad for the bands who you know were like hey i have this new album and a new video and mtv is like we're cool man we're not and you get to see too like the different trends in music you know one they of the started, things that he started the, the if I, what what would you say in that i don't know if they just if they say it in that book but like the hey when would you say the heyday of mtv was I, I think the heyday, well, this book goes for a serious period of time, which was the heyday, yeah. but I would say the late 80s, early 90s was like when they had the most- The heyday, yeah, yeah. But I, and, I, and I think, so I'll say the heyday, that's the heyday, because as you learn, like these grunge bands were not big, they weren't big ratings getters, they right. weren't. But I mean, I think the importance of MTV, I think like- y2k it kind of ends you know what i mean like i feel like there was still that like with the boy bands and everything what yeah, a no, still way, like, control, but you yeah remember. but but like when mtv was like oh shit you know like what are you doing we're, we're watching mtv yeah but by that time too marty that's when all you know they weren't playing the videos as often they had you yeah. had the real yeah, world which world you read about and, and you hear why yeah yeah after reading the book uh do you what do you say to somebody who's like MTV should still play videos all the time. I mean, they have channels where they do. They have like MTV Two or MTV Classic. Classic. Now, yeah, yeah, certain yeah. places yeah. where you know, I'm in Florida right now, where I have MTV real MTV videos on a channel. Yeah. And I don't know if it's yeah. only MTV, but there's other channels, so you do see it. But the concept, I don't. What videos are they playing? I, that's the thing. Like, you don't know what's gonna. It's a very weird eclectic mix the classic ones they'll play the videos like from the time frame but you also got to remember it wouldn't work today because we have so much access to music now yeah where we don't need to watch videos well they we're they not say they have people in the book who are who are like quoted as saying like you sat around for like an hour waiting for your madonna right. video or your you know what i mean it was like because some videos they it would be a big deal of like we're playing this uh, at a certain point, you know, today it's going to debut or premiere or whatever. But yeah. there was that thing too of just like, let's say your favorite band was like Winger, you know, which is funny. I'll, I'll, I'll I have that written down. That's why I said that. But like, you know, not like not like the number one band on the channel, but it, uh, they're behind them. So it's like, you just wait, 
you'll get your you'll get your you'll get your uh, your video on there. Yeah. No, that that's a thing. Like I remember when we had cable when I was in high school, uh, you'd turn it. MTV was a go-to channel. Seventy-six VH1 was seventy-four. You'd oh, go I remember. There. I think we had. I think at one point my MTV was forty-nine. Yeah. And uh, and then I think it was like. 51. But I was the guy that back in the day, if, if, if it wasn't a video I liked, or if it was UMTV raps, which I didn't like at the time, um, crazy, crazy. Um, I would change the like channel. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Like it was, it was something that it's, they couldn't, they couldn't survive today because we have YouTube, we have yeah. uh, 80 music, Spotify. I mean, you have access to yeah. everything you want. So yeah. it, it wouldn't work, but it was you... interesting to watch. Do you feel a little like, um, watch that? Like, do you do you feel like a little like, oh man, we were really like spoon fed by MTV, like by these corporations, like what to listen to back in the day? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and and you learn that from the book too. Like there's yeah. the things we'll talk about that in a little second. Like another another thing to jump on, not to cut you off, but to jump on like what you were saying was like why it wouldn't last, why I couldn't make it now. One of the things that they brought, they drove home in that book that I really wasn't aware of was like, you had your megastars, Michael Jackson, Madonna, um, uh, who else was huge? Like, um, well, what like, time frame? Like well, that? yeah, okay, at any certain point, let's say at any certain point, yeah. you have like, in, in, again, in wrestling, Rand, I hate to bring it. Rand, in wrestling, Rand. you have like, there was like the four pillars of heaven. It's these are your top four guys in, in, uh, in all Japan or Noah. So you've got your four. So back in the day, you have like Madonna, Michael Jackson, Guns N' Roses, and like, um, I don't know, Prince. Now, MTV was like, we need these people, but they don't all. there's years of those primetime MTV years where Madonna wasn't doing shit. Prince didn't have an album out. Guns N' Roses was on tour. So it was like, you, you couldn't, you didn't have one of your like it would be like Seinfeld, but like yeah, Jerry's not doing anything, mega, so it's all the other people. Yeah, and it was like so, so that was tough because they're at the end of the day, MTV was a commercial for to put it was a commercial for products. The product being the album. So yeah. if Prince isn't putting out an album, you know, every couple years, you know, then it's like well, in between those albums, there's just like Prince. If you watched MTV, you might not see a Prince video for like. Yeah, well, he wasn't. Month. Yeah, because yeah, he wasn't they, relevant to them. They needed those anchors, and they were hoping that it would be, you know, it would be like uh, you every know, year, at least one of them would come. But sometimes it just didn't work out. What's crazy is if today's music industry was because back then you had to put out an album. You couldn't just put out a single unless it was like for a movie or something. Mm -hmm. Like it would have been so weird for like Madonna to just be like, "Here's a new single." And it's not attached to any movie or album. It's just, I'm just putting this out, which people do now on iTunes. There'll just be like, you know, a yeah, single crazy. drop or something. And, and it's like, so you had to wait. You had to wait for these people because again, they're getting their money from touring. So if, if I'm putting it out this big album, it's like, I got to tour on this album and make all my money. So as far as MTV goes, like, you know, I'm not going right back to the studio to come up with a new album. I'm on the road. So like there were some albums that put out like, I mean, there's some of those bands that put out like seven, I mean, like Videos? it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Off of one album. Right. I mean, and that's the thing. Spotlight. 
there's so many things that you know this is a good point to go into this the in the book where you, t- you brought michael jackson people mm-hmm. don't realize and it wasn't i didn't know this until i read the book that how much resistance there was yes to play michael <laughs> jackson i it's, mean it's so they get into uh the idea of like at, at a certain point MTV and I don't know how many years in but people are like you're really not playing any black people on this channel yeah. and they were like oh what that's crazy and like Rick everybody's James. saying they fought for it everybody Rick was like said, Rick James yeah. called them out on not yeah. artists and imagine called it. imagine if you are a black artist like you know Rick James had hits and stuff but like imagine you're like Prince or Michael Jackson and you're like You'll play that dog shit video, but you won't play my fucking videos yeah. that are awesome here's, and cool. Here's the backstory people need to know. In 1982 or 83, uh, there was MTV had started. They were playing all the, you know, the hair bands, Van Halen. Uh, but before for- that, like new wave, it was like all these new wave bands. I think even before the hair metal, I think well, it was yeah. like there was- the Seagulls and sure. and duran duran and stuff but, like that no for sure but my point is at least some of those new wave bands like duran duran they actually spend time yeah. and money on their yeah. video bands yeah, yeah, are hair yeah. rock bands before bon jovi and everyone started spending money on it it was just yeah. them playing music sure. and they played sure. video and it would be on mtv a thousand times michael yeah. jackson had yeah. a video with a concept with yeah. a fam- like a director and they were like, nah, we're not going to play the video until, you know, the powers that be were like, if you don't play these videos, we're not yeah. going to, we're not going to give you yeah. these other white artists or whatever. And that, if they didn't do that, and, and it's funny because MTV kind of like backtracks, so, no, we were going to play it anyway, but they were not going to play it. Nah, For no, those- they were going to be, they were, they were dragged kicking and screaming to yeah. play fucking, not even like public enemy videos not nwa videos not two live crew videos michael jackson they were like i don't know about this guy watch out uh marty your your uh chords are you're hitting them tapping every once in a while so that's it oh sorry 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 sorry. uh uh here's here's what i say to people and 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 it was a wake-up call in the book because you're like holy shit like this summarizes everything forget about what's going on in the world but like yeah if you could imagine michael jackson having to do all these things to get on the radio whereas like somebody like winger or whoever they didn't even spend money on the fucking video they just had like oh here's some footage of us in uh in rockford illinois just post that and that'll be enough yeah that's the that was the that was the curve in 82 83 yeah and then of course of course now everyone knows and they acknowledge that michael jordan's or michael jordan michael jackson saved mtv because yeah they were fit, flailing at that point yeah it's so funny how they were resistant to you know this entire genre of music and musician who became right. like their biggest and it is fun too when you read about the michael jacksons of the of the world who could call MTV and be like, you're not playing my video enough, man. Like this is- this Yeah, is they would cool. They would be, they would tell people they yeah. would work with, you know, or like, I felt bad. Yeah. I felt bad for, again, like the wingers who, you know, and, and, and there's there's different type of bands. I mean, these people by MTV. 
for those of you who don't know, they interview all the, they interview yeah, yeah, they, you, yeah. you hear their and, side and, of the story you do hear which is very interesting of people who were like we were their favorites and their darlings and then like <laughs> you know they're in the um there's like a metal uh um what is it like uh, uh cherry pie guy warrant yeah there's a the, the warrant stories are, are and they, you've heard it on a couple different like you know heavy metal docs and stuff too but they talk about like the guys in warrant talk about how like when they put out the cherry pie album they went to the studio they either went to their either went to their record label and and it was like all their posters everywhere and they're like fuck yeah dude and then when they put out i think it was that uncle tom's cabin or something yeah, they went awesome. to the record place and it was all um it was all grunge bands and yeah. stuff and, and they children. were like oh no and they would like i mean there was the beavis and butthead thing which kip winger was like hey man you're making fun they're just like sorry dude and he's like yeah, they, anyway now that i got you on the phone like you guys gonna play our new video and they're like oh i gotta go and they would like yeah. these artists that were that were like mtv darlings just like when when whether it was genre switching or dude we've got all these good bands to pick from now we don't need your band yeah. anymore right i mean then they had specialized shows later but but if you think about it at the time in the early 80s they were they weren't making any money and they weren't going to play they weren't playing these artists and the excuse that they made was well we don't want to we don't want to scare rural america they're not ready for yeah. black music but yeah. then like you look at you know when when these artists were given the opportunity the uh the black community put out way better quality yeah. you don't forget yeah. about the music if you don't like yeah. the, music. the videos yeah. I, mean, I hated michael jackson in the 80s but I really? would watch those fucking videos because I'd be like, oh, man, holy shit, I was, they're cool. I was explaining uh, how we were, I was recently talking about uh, like what a big deal it was when a Madonna or Michael Jackson would debut a video. Uh, and sometimes it wasn't on MTV. Sometimes they would debut yeah. it on Fox or whatever. And then you, you hear how MTV was like, oh, really? You're going to go Fox, huh? And there was a lot of like, Whoever gave you know, money, yeah. yeah, it was a lot of like, who plays it first? There was a lot of like, we'll give you a month or two exclusivity on our video. And it was like, and MTV knew they had that power and they fucking used it, man. They used that power uh, with bands and, and, and with, with, with artists and stuff. And it's like, whether, you know, when they got what they wanted, it's really interesting where I bet there's a lot of artists out there who are, who are really happy that like the music industry was sort of taken out of a lot of the people's hands who were in charge, Oh yeah. you know, be it, be it MTV or radio or stuff like that. Like it's gotta be pretty satisfying to a lot of people who, I mean, in, in 2021, you can make a hit on TikTok in your bedroom and it can sell, be seen by more people than would have seen these MTV videos. Yeah, the, 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 the playing field has completely changed, if not even doubt, depending on who you ask. But yeah, I mean, there's yeah. definitely, but, but those artists that you talked about, like Wingers and all the, the hair metal bands, they experienced that, um, you know, when grunge came, they were destroyed yeah. and MTV yeah. stopped giving a shit. But the same thing, yeah. the other thing that was amazing about this book, well, I'll bring up now, is uh, UMTV Raps, which was, yeah. um, at first I hated it, but then obviously I got into it big time. Dude, I loved it so much. I remember watching it one summer, just every afternoon it was well, on. The, the great thing about that is another example of MTV um, being resistant to playing uh, black artists. Cause they're like, well, yeah. no, we're not a rap art thing. And the yeah. guy, the thing that I learned that was amazing to me was Jonathan Demi yeah. You no, know, who later on made great movies. One of my favorite movies, Beautiful Girls. 
um, was a guy who was pushing hard for this. He yes. happened to, in addition, I mean, the guy, if you ever Google Jonathan Demme, he's like a renaissance man. He did a wild party. man. Yeah, wild man. Partied and, his and ass off. He's no dead one pop head. And was, was, and this is the thing too, because you keep hearing like, it's New York and this is like taking over New York and you know, it'll take over everything everywhere. Once, you know, I could see the quote unquote, like fear of rural America being like, who are these people on our television? Yeah. Uh, I mean, young TV rap, but I will say this for the age I am, I'm 43 right now. And I remember seeing things like the LA riots. And I remember a lot of, a lot of like teachers and my parents even being like, what are they what are they so mad about and i remember being like i know exactly why they're mad because i listen to fucking nwa and i know exactly what these cops are doing and i know exactly how they feel and i know and it just like and you know and that that opened up a whole you know portion of the of the culture of like movies like um um you know do the right thing and boys in the hood and these powerful movies that showed us you know people in the suburbs like oh Oh, okay. Right. That's a whole different world. You weren't just in the suburbs. You were like in Indiana. So that's, like I was, well, but I was, I was next door to Gary, Indiana. So it was like very interesting. You see all this, all these differences well, in life and everything. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's funny. Cause I was, I remember talking about the LA riots and stuff to my friends and I grew up in a, in a community that was purely white. I mean, I mean friends, Paul like, was in, healthy. Paul was in the whitest white town of all yeah. time. I mean, but I was always talking about this stuff to people because like I got into NWA, I got into all this stuff because of my cousin, I went to a concert, I saw public enemy and I was like, Holy, this is like life-changing. Uh, shout out to my cousin, Ash, but, uh, but I think it's a shout out to public enemy. But, so the, but, <laughs> but it's funny because when, when we, uh, during the summer of all the, the craziness that we dealt with with George Floyd, my friends, yeah who I grew up with were like, wow, like you were talking about this shit yeah. back then. And I didn't yeah. realize like, these are guys in their, you know, forties that are like, and guys and women, women and men who are like, wow, like our community was so yeah. fucking toxic in a lot of ways, yeah. But, yeah. but MTV raps put on the table and Jonathan Demi, for those of you who don't know, was a total rap head. Like, yeah. this is a guy who produced movies and, and did yep. a whole bunch of cool shit. And there was a scene in the book where Ed Lover and uh, a couple of the other guys are just talking to a, a rap artist. And they're like, who's yep. this guy? And Ed Lover just goes, this guy knows more about rap than any of you fuckers. He knows more about our community. And yeah. he, never, like, he just thought it would be something that blew up. And yeah. then to his credit... You know, where you talked about earlier how people are like, well, I came up with it. I came up with it. Everyone yeah, yeah, does yeah. say he was instrumental. Like, yeah, everyone yeah. says that. Yeah, it's you can't you can't. Uh, it's in this I'm day and age, it's a little it's a little gauche to take uh, to take credit for Yo TV raps when you didn't as a white guy uh, yeah. versus like, oh, the network was my idea. Um, we talk about it in what at his funeral, which was like a party because this guy. Yeah, I mean, he did a lot of drugs. He he partied yeah you know not like wild. drugs he did like the oh the, the bad <laughs> real drugs it's stuff real that drugs. I do. yeah no not like the friendly uh, ones like i do but he he partied and then they talked about at the funeral like you know you have people you know tom cruise all these movie stars and then you have like the rap guys who are like mm -hmm. yeah he also did this by the way like he, he changed yeah the it, so. it was interesting how mtv and I love, I love the VMAs so much. I love watching old VMAs. I love watching old specials from VMAs, the Video Music Awards, uh, which were huge and could, could make new artists and 
you know, we got we got some feuds there. We got the Guns N' Roses uh, Nirvana feud kicked into high gear at the VMAs. Um, Courtney Love throwing her her makeup at Madonna VMA moment. between Nirvana and uh, yes. Roses. Yeah. Uh, Poison uh, having their meltdown. CC Deville having his meltdown on stage and one of the weirdest Bobby Brown like that, his drugs that Bobby Brown happened. dropping his cocaine and then picking it up allegedly and even though he definitely did it um they talk about that yeah. in the book too they talk about that in the yeah book. yeah and and i mean you just you know oh how about you too fucking ooh we'll we'll send you a video from our big concert surprisingly We're about to call george bush i do want to say marty that the surprisingly all the the hatred that we uh we shed on you two and aerosmith in the past yeah yeah you fans have come out and support and uh you know once again i challenge you to come <laughs> at us for that but Aerosmith we're right we did we did get yeah. a couple hate mail about the um the, the the monologues of the vmas whether it was chris rock uh who kind of is like the the greatest host of all time of the vmas chris rock Absolutely. would call out long before ricky gervais would do the uh was it the golden globes or whatever yeah. chris rock was doing that shit on mtv uh i remember like just so many of those jokes of just being like oh and they would show the celebrity he was joking about in the crowd they'd have to do that like yeah okay. yeah, yeah. They did that with this year they they shit on like sebastian who i mean that was a whole there's a that's the worst idea to have host that show yeah like, everybody everybody i here's what i think uh that every everything that happens sometimes it's like i guarantee there were people who were like this is not a good idea, but I think he's a guy our age who's like, I got to host the VMAs if they ask me to, yeah. you know? But anyway, let's not get sidetracked with, uh, oh, well, with we, but yeah. comedy opinions. Uh, <laughs> you you put together a, a, a five, a well, Harry, five list. I've been, I've been inter interchanging them, Mark. Oh, okay. We talked okay. about two, yeah. See, okay. that's, that's why I'm- wow. that's You why called I'm, an audible. You called an audible before we even started here. Not no, going no. By number. We already start, Marty. I don't know what kind of drugs you're on, but we've been going at it for quite some time. Here. I know, but I mean, I was expecting you to be like, okay, number one. Okay, no, so I we're did, just going to do these. The, the first thing was the MTV, uh, okay. reluctance to Michael Jackson. The yes. second thing was Jonathan Demi with the UMTV rap. And then to the, the next thing I want to bring up, which is the flip side of that we kind of talked about, is the takedown, right? You have to have yeah. a they build something up or someone yeah. messes up and then destroys their career. And yeah. nothing was was more hilarious to learn about or sad, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, yeah. The Billy Squire video for okay. Tonight. So if you don't know. Go watch the video. Go watch the video. Go watch the video. And then it's now, a real video. Okay, now you're back. Here's some things you, you might you might be asking yourself. Well, who was Billy Squire anyway? Billy Squire was Big. selling out arenas. Um, I I watched a uh, I watched a um, uh, a couple videos on YouTube. Ooh, Professor Rock maybe uh, does it, but if you just put that in, there's like multiple video essays uh, that talk about this video and and how it ruined his career. Ruined his career. What you have to understand is before this, he was selling out like arenas he was the biggest crazy yeah if, if to give you an idea my brother who's uh seven years older than me yeah. uh he saw foreigner and yeah. billy squire at yeah. a sold out show at the milwaukee where they used to play uh baseball 
Uh, that Fort County know, Stadium, Fulton County Stadium, or it was whatever. something weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I have yeah. the ticket stuff. I, I I put I posted it somewhere recently, but yeah, Billy Squire. I mean, spelling it out, and the yeah. other fans were like Lover Boy later. Yeah, yeah, an idea. yeah. Um, those early MTV, early, you know, like well, that's MTV a, that's playing like the outfield and Dire Straits well, and stuff. The, this is early '80s, so Marty, you're, the going back to what we were talking about, Lover Boy was one of those bands that would just make videos. If you watch their yeah. videos, they're yeah. horrible. Yeah, they're yeah, horrible. yeah. A lot of these are horrible videos. But that's what and, was competition when Michael Jackson was coming out. But yes. Billy Squire's video was yes. so bad. That what I heard, what I heard in watching these video essays about this video was the director was like, I just want to capture you getting ready to perform like a sold out show. I want to bring the fans in your bedroom and I want it to see like you just woke up from a nap and you're about to get ready to play this sold out show for these rabid fans. And I want you to just dance around like you would and just kind of go through the motions and really get into the spirit of like, who is Billy Squire? And somehow <laughs> that turned into this dude who was a rock star and had like male fans. He wasn't like all female fans. He was like, I think the way it was described was like, he 60, was, he was a like 60, 40 female. Yeah. At, at his shows. But anyway, uh, it could not have been fun. It would have been like, imagine this, imagine an SNL sketch where the host is like a cool dude. Like the host is like, you know, like a, a maybe even a musician, like the host is like whoever, like think back to like, um, uh, maybe like if they would have gotten like Axl Rose to host SNL and he was like a real silly goose and real fun. So they're just like, all right, Axel, here's the, here's this pitch for the sketch. We're going to like, oh, the, oh, dude, it's going to be you. Like maybe there's a bottle of booze and like, you could tell maybe like- I'm watching it right now. But you had two women in bed and they leave or whatever. And now you're just getting ready. And, and then they're like, all right, and action. And it's a doop, doop, doop. I'm walking around my apartment, getting ready it's for the concert. It's flamboyantly uh, it's, effeminate. It effeminate. Yes. In a time you got to remember, this is early '80s. Yeah. Where it can ru- it 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 ruins. It did. Your, your it did. It ruined his career. It yeah. ruined his career. I mean, his dancing. He claims that his here, Yeah, Billy Billy Squire claims that his girlfriend saw the video and was like, "You gotta, you can't have them post this or post it. You can't have them air this video." I don't think it's good for your career. And again, his agent was like, dude, they're going to love it. And he was like on the road selling out shows when this con- when this video hit and then the ticket sales. And I don't think MTV ever played much of his shit again. It's such a bad video. It's just so bad. His dancing and crawling around. Yeah. He's wearing like yeah. a pink shirt at some point. It was just. Well, he has like a little pink tank top on a hanger and he it's like, it off ooh, it's time to put this on. Let me rip this white shirt off. It's, right now. I mean, it's, it's everything. Like if like the Lonely Islands did a version of this on, yes. on like a, a, a video short, you'd go, eh, that's like, you know how like um, Billy, Billy, uh, not Billy, uh, fucking Jimmy Fallon, they, they'll do like complete video. They'll like completely reshoot yeah. scene for scene a video. Like him and Jack Black did a video, and him and yeah. uh, Ant Man did a video. Vinny so, Spears. if they did this one, people would be like, "All right, Jimmy, this is like you've gone too far." I mean, he's get, wearing a trouble pink for this shirt that you and those little moves, those little those. Yeah. What are those little arm moves he does? They're so funny. He's such a bad dancer. Bad, bad scene. 
and they told people they he, he he every and that's another example of what you're talking about before where everyone tries to take credit in this yeah case, oh nobody like, wants no, no, no. anything to he, do with he, these he bad knew, videos he told him um but yeah he, he doesn't take the blame but then he kind of like doesn't matter i'm fine yeah. like and then he was not fine now the videos start to get better the budgets start to get higher people start to realize this is part of the package you can't just put out a great album and have a hit single. You have to have a great video. So then we start getting into this whole thing where the film world, which at first was like, I'm not doing music videos. Those are for like editors and like, you know, you get like some kid out of film school to make those for you. But then all of a sudden it's like, this is art. These are real films. Yeah. And then like Michael Bay and David Fincher are doing music videos. And the, start, the, yeah. budgets, the budgets are getting higher. And that was fun too. Here, you know, like, and yeah, think Michael Jackson, they weren't going to pay for the videos. Like, I'll pay for it. It was like five, yeah. at the time, it was yeah. five hundred thousand dollars. Which, yeah, and it was like the when uh, Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson did Scream, and it was like the first million dollar video, and people were yeah. like, Ugh. but I mean, you got to it's see black video. and white too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to see videos. The the production quality went up. Obviously, MTV could say no to videos now. Uh, but then they had power and they would be like, you can't have guns in your videos or, you know, you can't do this or that or the Pearl Jam video uh, for Jeremy. They, yeah, the true story that uh, Eddie, Eddie better had. And then people would watch the video. I remember watching the video and being like, well, what happens at the end? Did he shoot everybody else? But you would, you would think have, through the editing. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell they the end. They couldn't show the gun. Uh, the guy killed him, the kid killed yeah. himself in class. Jeremy, in the video, Jeremy kills himself, but because of the edits that MTV it's wanted, it. it made it look like, it insinuated that he kills the students, like it's a Columbine thing, which it's not. Yeah, which it wasn't, right. And then no. that's when Eddie Better is like, well, we're not doing videos anymore, which I guess- he Did you, do, and we, I mean, I feel so bad we haven't talked about the king of MTV, Kurt Loder yet. Um, how much did you love the weekend rock or any other like documentary specials oh, or so any interviews. I mean, we need to, we need to have, uh, we'll get John Norris back and have him tell us his five favorite. Uh, well, I don't know if he's read the book, but I don't know if he's a big, cause, cause when we interviewed him, he doesn't seem like he's too big on like the nostalgia and talking yeah. about, he likes the new stuff more, um, which is great. Yeah, but I, I like a dream would be to have, you know, obviously Kurt Loder on and ask him about this stuff. And if he, if he still even, I mean, you know, gives a shit about any of this stuff. Yeah. The Kurt Loder stuff. And, and you forget about when MTV got into the election in 1992, where Tabitha Soren and was like, happened to, she knows, she happens to know a lot about politics in some areas and people would just shit on them and be like MTV. Yeah. And then they basically were responsible for getting Bill Clinton into the president. Well, I mean, choose, yeah, choose or lose. Remember, like, the boxers and briefs thing? Like, what a big, like, yeah. Ooh, and then, yeah, I wish I did. I mean, like, I there wish there was a lot of, yeah. That's what he said. He said, they asked Bill Clinton, they're like, if you can inhale, he, and his answer was, I wish I could. Like, I couldn't. Yeah, like, that was his, oh, you just didn't know how to inhale. inhale. Yeah. But, but uh, I do, I do, I loved all those things. Um, and, and I guess this is sort of like a natural segue. Uh, MTV starts producing its own shows. 
Which and, that's, my next, that's my next point, actually. So yeah, um, the, let's see, see how I'm good at setting up the songs and I'm good at moving the conversation. Yeah, I don't even have the list in front of you, but I know this would be perfect to talk about. The, the, uh, the show that one of the first shows that they produced was Remote Control, which was a comedy game show hosted by Ken Over did you, and uh, Colin did Quinn. You watch Colin Quinn. I love that. Um, Harry, Adam Sandler. Kari Work. Well, Adam Sandler. Kari Work. Few scenes. Uh, Kari Work. Dennis Wirr, Leary. Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary played his brother. Played Colin Quinn's brother, I think. Yeah. Kari Work. Holy shit, man. Kari Work also, who I had a huge crush on. I didn't realize. Huge. Was like this Christian evangelical. Yeah. Yeah. Gets exposed to MTV and like she becomes like a, you know, a sex a sex goddess. Yeah. To, to all yeah. These, yeah. Sex symbol. But, yeah. Sex symbol, yeah. So, great watching, I remember watching it every day. Dude, did you ever play it with your friends and make up your own questions? No, but I was so good at that. I get, yeah, angry. I would get angry. Yeah. I was younger than all the fucking people that were on. I know. The show, and I, I knew more about music than all of them because I, I was a music expert. I know. But. I was so good at that show. And like the end when you'd watch all the videos, remember you'd get the Craftmatic adjustable. 3000 yeah. or whatever and then watch that wall of videos and be like number one nirvana number two you know like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was so coolest. easy and i'd be like are you guys crazy why are these why are these getting these idiots to do the show yeah experts but so uh, colin quinn tells a story uh about how uh or either ken or colin oh colin i think ken ober has passed has passed away but i don't know if this was a quote from before but Remote Control, like David Letterman's original show, became so popular because of college watch, college viewing. Yes. And they were like, yo, this is like a huge college show. Like we should take this on the road and perform at these colleges. And uh, they were all stand-ups and they thought they were going to go to these colleges and do like stand-up shows. Like you'd see from, you know, shows like, oh, it's the people from this show. They're all going to do stand-up. But these MTV fans and college students would come to the shows and be like, we don't want to hear you do stand up. We want yeah. you to do live remote control. And like, we want chairs to go flipping back and everything, which is right. like, that's got to be wild. You're, you're thinking, like, oh, we're going to go do stand up. And everyone's like, we don't want to hear you talk about the grocery yeah. store. We want you to fucking do remote right. control. Yeah, no, that was funny because you'd see, and I remember when those guys would come to like town and you're like, oh, I want to go see that. But you're like, you were, I was too yeah. young, or I don't know what the issue too was. Too young, yeah. Well, yeah, we but could. then they learned, unfortunately, they learned, unfortunately, that through the ratings, they got so much more ratings with a show like Remote Control. And they were yeah. like, oh, wow, people want to watch and, and our shows. If you're a fan of Colin Quinn, uh, this is a fun, he's very- Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Tell, what is his quote? stories about, uh, you know, the the fringe benefits of yeah being, uh, they are on MTV up, yeah they I'm not even a musician no that's the thing too where you hear guys like Ken Ober and Colin Quinn who were like probably what Watch like your thing Marty I'm so sorry I'm so sorry hey Sarah do you have better headphones this is like rubbing they they do they talk about how uh you know going to colleges and hooking up with college girls they're probably like in their late 20s or yeah, something he said, hey, and man, they were talking okay. about like the benefits of like go of the show and they were able to you know go be dirt bags on college campuses very dirty yeah colin quinn gets into detail on that so it's pretty funny uh to hear all that stuff so but, i'm gonna switch headphones real quick paul so yeah. go ahead and uh, talk about your favorite uh moments with uh, uh remote control
Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. I can. Yes. Okay. So the next we talked about the well, the remote control is that it's it's a great thing. It was a great opening for. Um... Oh, Sarah. Hold on, I don't hear you. I'm so sorry. Uh, we're getting we're getting it. Hold on. Remote control. It was a great. Um, it's a great platform for comedy too, because we have all these we have all these things where you see all these comedians um, um, breaking out on MTV. I mean, they they gave an opportunity to stars like Adam Sandler and, and Dennis Leary. So. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. You were good All before, right, cool. Marty. Am, uh... It sounded great, but you just kept tapping because you're so animated. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm too. I have to wear actual gamer. These are Sarah's official uh, Twitch headphones. So. Right. Well, what we talked right. about remote control. Um, and the last yes. thing. But but people but ratings. That was what I was trying to get at before. Well, yeah. Before. They realized that uh, they the ratings. From they me. start looking at the numbers, and again, this is MTV. This is a gigantic business. This is they don't care about uh musical integrity or quality right they they are going to play They're the business. most successful things and the, the things that cost them the lowest amount of money yeah. so they start to realize oh shit we got to make more of our own shows and that's what they start doing they start making more shows and then you know what a lot of people thinks the nail in the coffin of the music video on mtv is the real world but remote control is the is the Perfect. real first yeah you know Fine. First start that remote control, they realized that their ratings they were keeping people on uh, for yeah. longer, whereas MTVs, you have people clicking in and out. And I think it, it was a change in, in, they change everything. And then obviously, you know, uh, the real world changes it all yeah. later. We could talk about that in another episode. Yeah. But yeah, yeah remote I, control, I, for those of you younger, you younger uh, uh, tape heads, go and watch. Those yeah there's not a whole lot yeah i wish there was a doc i would love a real documentary on remote control i think that would be amazing i would love like uh colin quinn or somebody to put out a, a documentary about remote control and i also if you haven't already go on youtube and watch the mtv did their own like headbangers ball uh mini documentary it's so good it's like an hour it's like 45 minutes it's so good um and that to me is like when i think of mtv I think of like Headbangers Ball on Saturdays uh, at like midnight or whatever. We got it at like 11 o'clock our time, um, which is like sleepovers. You would just have that on and, and be, you know, talking or whatever in the background. Um, and then just like the, when the D, the, when the VJs were on and the background was all just like changing crap or whatever, like that to me and their names in big white letters is just like that to me was like MTV. Yeah, I mean, it was it was such a. a and then of course the uh, they had the other specialty shows too. Alternative yeah. came out and those Yeah, things. I mean that it was interesting with the grunge thing and it, that reading these books has been like eye opening where it's like they there weren't ratings winners. Mm -hmm. Uh you know like uh, you know Alternative Nation is something where like uh, uh when they canceled Headbangers Ball then they tried to do the show called Super Rock which was kind of like like rock but more more sort of inclusive, not just the heavy metal bands, because people were getting like, this isn't a metal band. And like, like, you know, you started playing grunge bands on Headbangers Ball. And then they did. And then that became like Alternative Nation, I think, after a little while. And it was like, that was the music that everybody was into. But like, they weren't giant MTV stars like Madonna and Michael Jackson and Guns N' Roses. The, and I mean, it, hair bands had... I mean, their whole, their, we got to see a whole 
genre of music become the biggest and then just completely go away. Disappear. Yeah. I mean, disappear. I remember uh, we've talked about it on the other episodes where, uh, you know, there's certain songs. I, I, I was like, I would waver in and out of the hair metal stuff. I had a friend, Ryan Tanabe, who was totally into. Hell yeah. Shout out to Ryan. Shout out to Ryan who would buy all every week. We'd go to the flip side of the Rose records and, and buy a new, like shady, Something he saw in Hairbangers, like Britney yeah, Headbangers Ball. Ball, yeah. One of those bands that weren't a fringe Hairbanger Ball, but like Headbangers Ball. You keep saying Hairbanger, you're gonna make you're gonna make Headbangers Hair- Balls fans very mad. Headbangers. Well, there was a yes. band called Hairbangers. So okay, uh, Hairbangers Ball. They did covers at all the festivals. Oh, of the, course, uh, of course. Boy Productions. Yeah, yeah. sure, okay. sure, sure. <laughs> but yeah, the Headbangers stuff I got into, but like, but yeah, like it's it's so crazy how you know Motley Crue all those, uh, you know, poison, all that stuff became irrelevant, like overnight. I mean, again, we saw the rise and then the fall of like an entire music genre before our eyes. We saw the videos and then they just like, it was so weird because it's just like a party that these people just didn't get invited back to. I mean, it happens. It happens in all genre, right? Like before disco that was destroyed, like, Forgot. And MTV was totally fine talking shit when somebody was gone. Okay, tapeheads, we got uh, <laughs> we had some uh, technical difficulties. Uh, I had too much, uh, too many files uh, as a music insider on uh, on the background. Uh, Did you get a tweet about a, a music uh, about a new musical uh, a scoop? We get, we're getting all kinds of insider information everywhere. Yeah. and then as you had that problem, uh, my cat Peter. Uh, this is DJ who's sitting on my lap right now. Peter's butt exploded. So Ew. it was, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a real, and I changed my shirt. I got a new shirt in the mail that I tried on. All right. We got to wrap up MTV here. I could talk yeah. about this all day. We were, we were talking about the headbangers. You, we were talking about headbangers ball uh, and how they just kind of like wipe those people away. Do you remember the Don Henley story in there? That's so yeah, funny. The Don Henley story is awesome. We, we, we can't get into that now because it's so good. Uh, we are going to have a part two. Just of it. read the book and the Don Henley story is such a great, like, it's like he's just getting his ass kicked on the VMAs and he's like, this is stupid. He's such a rich, famous guy that he knows, like the guy who runs uh, Madison Square Garden and all this stuff. Yeah. And just goes up in his office and he's just like drinking in his office or having a smoke in his office. And they're like, please come sit down for the next award. And he's like, why I'm just going to lose it to Michael fucking Jackson anyway. And they're like, just, it would be cool if you sat in your seat for this next award. And he's like, I'm fucking done. They're like, dude, you're winning the award. Just go please sit down so you can fucking get your award. And he's like, Ooh, okay. I'll go down there. Yeah. The book is awesome. We're going to have to, Marty, you're going to have to do your, your section of of stuff that you liked from the book too. I know you got to find who you lent your book to, which is again, uh, Maybe I Jimmy don't Lee. I don't know. I think, uh, I think, yeah. Or, or we should do like our top five VJs or something. Yeah. Well, we're definitely going to cover the book. There's other, some other stuff coming up possibly uh, involving the book. Yes. But I do want to close on one, one thing that I thought was really fun about the sh- uh, book that I didn't re- realize that Michael Nesmith of the monkeys was one of the original creators of MTV. Uh, again, what Marty was talking about before, it's like who, who really did they give him credit for the idea. Yeah. He walked yeah. away. He's like, this isn't what I pictured. He had a, 
a little different vision but yeah. like and they ask him later he's like nah i don't care like they're like you are you do you regret leaving he's like no i got a pretty good chunk of change for yeah man he's done all right he has he has all kinds of other side projects yeah he's like a real smart dude who was into all kinds of stuff and so. he's into monkeys one of the greatest bands of all time one of my favorite tv shows growing up it was such a good show it had a, such an idea of what so great uh, what so live great. music was really like I yeah think jeff tweedy talks about that in his book where he's like i watched the monkeys videos i just thought the bands all lived together and everything that right like i just assumed all guns and roses lived together. i mean a lot of these bands did live together you know so pretty well, cool we'll get into that again uh you guys thank you for another edition sorry about the little uh confusion we're gonna get that fixed in in post uh Message us, paulmartymix at gmail.com. Read the book. Tell us your thoughts. Yes. If you have music books you want us to talk about or that you think we're missing, let us know too. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking as you were talking about the book, do you, do you ever think there'll be like a VH1 like companion book to this and it'll just be real like low key and real lame? Like, yeah, we knew we were lame. It's not, it's not, it's not everybody, cool. Everybody's just like, yeah, I know. It's VH1 and it was just mostly Gin Blossom videos. They, they're like, we know there's a lot of Chardonnay fans out there. We wanted to give them something. Too. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was for, a, for a, you know, was MTV, was VH1 kind of like originally pitched as like a more chill, like they wanted a more adult like, contemporary VH, MTV? They talk about it in the book. I don't think you remember it, but. I can't remember that. Created it to compete with, uh, Ted Turner was going to create a music thing. That's they, right. They wanted to take over the market and they're like we're hoping that it would be unsuccessful so they can yeah. knock it out but then it was like they're like well shit now we have you know i oh you know what i think i that's where i read in that book that this is a cool thing i learned in that book and and it i hate to bookmark the, the episodes with wrestling paul but that's what we're going to do uh one thing i learned in that book is they talk about in business like if you're uh if you're if you're mcdonald's okay and your big competition is going to be like Burger King. They say that in big business, what they do is they don't go compete head to head. They create another brand. Right. And what happened in wrestling yeah. is there's a new company called AEW. Yeah. And no, that, uh, they do that everywhere, Marty. They, so they, it, but, it, but it just really rang true for me there. I saw it happening in true in real life. It also AEW was starting and they go, well, we're not going to compete WWE. This is NXT and AEW. That happens Interesting. In politics. You bring your you bring your competition down, but yeah, Ted Turner was going to start. Uh, was he going to start his own channel? And then he just was like, ah, fuck it, or just playing a lot of music videos it's, on his channel. It's a whole convoluted story, but but to to point out what you bring in wrestling, Marty, they also do it in politics where they run a third party candidate <gasps> taking rid of votes. Ross Perot. Ross Perot, Kanye. All West, the, they always say that with all the uh, yeah 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 all the all the. But anyway, whole other issue. Uh, thank you for, for watching. Yeah. Uh, Paul and Marty Mix will have another episode soon. Uh, and uh, tell your friends, subscribe. Give us your own thoughts on that or your own list. Yes. Let uh, us know five five takeaway points of your reading of I Want My MTV. When you re whether you read a book uh, like Marty yeah. sporadically high or, or you're a hardworking <laughs> workout guy like me pissing people off at the gym. There so, you go. And who knows? Maybe one day we'll get one of these fancy authors to come on this very podcast. Wouldn't that maybe. be wild? Maybe. Is that foreshadowing? We don't know. We can't tell you. <laughs> Thanks all for another fun episode. Later, tapeheads.